Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there's so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there, and you're tired of the senseless and toxic diet culture noise. You're ready to tune into your body, feel empowered around food, and focus on your true health and well-being. Welcome to the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio of your health and wellness anti-diet dreams. I'm Tara, personal trainer. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I'm Maura, licensed clinical social worker. Together, we're pushing back on diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity to help you practice genuine health-promoting self-care. So grab your water bottle, forget the rules, and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. I'm Tara, and I'm here with Maura and Elizabeth, and we are talking about how to make your home a diet culture-free safe zone. And just so you know, you've probably been listening to us for a while. Elizabeth and I are both taking on clients, so if you have any interest in potentially working with us, we offer group coaching and individual coaching, and we would love to learn more about you. How do we uh, reach you guys? Good question. You can find our info in the show notes, and we would love to talk to you. Awesome. Okay. So you guys want to learn how to make your house a diet culture-free safe zone? I do. I'm very interested in this. Okay. So first of all, just as a quick refresher, in case people are sort of jumping in the middle of our now, I think this is our 20th episode that we're recording. So diet culture is the lens that we pretty much all look at food exercise, health, and having a body in our culture. It's sort of the prevailing narrative about food, the way that we see things. So one thing that always is surprising to people that I work with, sometimes people will say, Elizabeth, I'm not really a dieter. So I don't think I'm not impacted by diet culture. And then inevitably throughout our work together, they will at some point say to me, wow, I had no idea all the ways that diet culture was impacting me. I just thought, since I'm not a dieter, that I was sort of immune from it. And now I realize, like, holy cow, it really has impacted the way that I think about these things, that I think about food or exercise or my body. I don't think you can escape diet culture if you live in this world. <laughs> it is absolutely everywhere. I feel like I was one of those clients, too. Like, I know that I had dieted in the past, but I was like, well, I'm not now and I haven't been recently. But then the more we talked, the more I realized that there were so many things that were ingrained in me. Like, mm -hmm. I can only have so much ice cream. I can only have so many Cheez-Its. Mm -hmm. And every time I don't follow those rules, I'm bad. Like, there's like a moral mm -hmm. assignment to that. Like, dieting and diet culture was definitely there. Yeah. And the moralizing of food choices is such a big one, right? Because that is huge in diet culture. Where either Food is either good or bad or healthy or unhealthy. And we're either good or bad or based on what we're eating. That's definitely one of the things. Okay, so I guess the point of that is, even if you're not a dieter, stick with us because I would almost guarantee you that you are impacted by diet culture. It's loud, it's pervasive, it's toxic. If you're on an intuitive eating journey or you want to be an intuitive eater, it's really essential to break up with diet culture. If you want to have a happy, healthy relationship with food, promote your kids to have one or other people in your house, you really need to know about diet culture. And even if you just want to feel better about your body, you have to kind of root out diet culture. Mm. I'm excited to hear these. Yeah. And one other thing I'll say at the beginning, I often tell, I give my clients the analogy that diet culture is like a storm, right? And we're all in the storm of diet culture. We can't really escape the storm, but we can make sure that we have 
better gear mm-hmm. to weather it. And so that's kind of what I think of these 10 Love ways that. that we're going to talk about. It's like, this is just part of our gear. This is our like weather gear for diet culture. So the first one is pretty obvious, but it's basically don't diet. (laughs) Shocker. In your home, right? Don't promote diets. Don't talk about being on a diet. Don't actually diet. That would sort of (laughs) defeat it. Yeah, defeat the purpose of diet culture. The next one is to really watch the language that you use around food. So what are some ways that you guys hear people talk about food? Oh, man. A lot of the times I hear it when people are, they're like saying like, oh, gosh, I can't have another one. Or this chocolate is sinful. Yeah. Yeah, There's like shame. Imagine the Lord caring what we're eating. (laughs) Or I was so bad for eating. I was so bad. Yes. I was good yesterday. I only ate. Right. Yeah. And it's said in like a playful way sometimes. Yeah. But it's like. No. Or, oh, I deserve this because I kicked my butt yeah. in the gym today. Mm-hmm. So talk about kind of earning or burning. Yep. So many ways we connect just food with calories, right? And there's kind of a negative slant of that. Of, oh, it's too many calories or empty calories, mm-hmm. right? Oh, empty calories. Yeah, I've heard that so many times in my life. Yeah. So, I hate that phrase. Well, because it's not really a thing. All calories are energy. <laughs> like calories are energy. This is not empty or full. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so kind of just check the language that's happening around food in your house. Is there guilt attached to it or moralizing of any sort or shame around it? Are you using kind of binary terms like good or bad or healthy or unhealthy? Um, clean or mm. junk, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you, on the other hand, kind of have a all food is good food and all foods fit and kind of keep it positive? So that's one thing to check. The next one is to check your body talk. How do you talk about bodies in your house? What kinds of words do you use to describe them and what sort of meaning is attached to those words? I actually have a question about this one because it actually makes me think of the episode we did on weight loss compliments. Mm -hmm. How would you recommend responding to someone who is like sharing excitement about weight loss? Mm, Yeah. Because I always feel really uncomfortable with that because I don't want to encourage it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I see how excited they are. Yeah. I don't want to like crap on it. (laughs) I, yeah, it is tricky to navigate. For me personally, I just usually say something like, I'm so glad you're feeling great. Or uh, it, I do the same thing. So I'm nice. so happy you're happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I make it more about them and how they're feeling than yeah. the actual weight loss. Yeah, totally. that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, but that ties into right, like avoiding those weight loss compliments. But just think about: Do you use some of that stigmatizing language around bodies, like even connected to the BMI? Right, that whole idea of underweight or normal weight or overweight or those all are pretty stigmatizing yeah. ways to talk about bodies. So that's the next thing. It's just sort of check your body talk. Avoid food policing other people's food choices in your house. This is hard as a mom. <laughs> My son ate like four yogurts on the way home the other day. And I'm like, OK, let's save room for other stuff, please. But I don't want to be like, no, don't eat yogurt. It's bad for you or whatever. I'm like, all right. I don't want you to barf everywhere is the most important thing. But also, I would love for you to fit fruits and veggies in there, too. Right. But I don't want to, like, make a big deal about it either. Yeah. So I mostly just drive and go, ah, what do I do? (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm so glad you're enjoying your yogurt. Let's make some room for other foods. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, has that ever happened to you guys where someone has made comments about your food choices, kind of food? Yes, you? definitely. I actually had this happen right before I was getting married. I was at a social event. And I had like a brownie, a cookie, some carrots and something else on my plate. And somebody was like, aren't you getting married next week? And I was like, yeah, why? And she Uh was like, are you going to eat all that? And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, aren't you worried about your dress fitting? And I was like, I'm getting the dress to fit me, not me to fit the dress. And it was like shocking to her. She was like appalled that I would not worry about how I looked on the most important day of my life. Yeah, you're going to eat all that. That's like there's so much judgment baked into that statement right but it's such a common thing so common yeah i feel like i've experienced it too where like someone will comment on their own food but Mm -hmm. it feels like they're really talking about my food choices yes absolutely yeah that's a fun one yeah (laughs) yeah a bit of passive aggressive it's so much and maybe the reality is they may not be commenting on yours but it could be perceived that way yeah which I'm thinking diet culture is probably framing mm-hmm. that, like, you know, I'm I'm looking almost for judgment mm-hmm. against my mm-hmm. food choices in a way. Mm-hmm. So they might not be. Right. And, I think that's first. But, but, well, <laughs> but people do also food police themselves, right? I mean, the food yeah. police don't just come from elsewhere, but other, like, you know, people say, oh, that has too much sugar in it or too much fat or too many calories or, oh, if I ate that, I would look like... Right. Whatever. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. so much judgment baked in. So that's one just really critical step is checking is there a food policing going on in your home? And you're right, Tara, it's super hard not to food police your kids. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Uh-huh. We're getting yeah. there. It's hard. We might have to dedicate an episode to that. Yes, that's actually on the list how to raise an intuitive eater. Yes. I love it. And we're talking, but there's so much to share there and dig into. I'm excited about that one. Me too. The next one is think about how you talk about exercise in your house. Mm, Yes. So important. Is it presented as something that you have to do to stay a certain size or something you have to do as sort of a punishment for eating or something you have to do as in order to eat something, right? Or is it just talked about as something that we do because it's enjoyable and fun and makes us feel good and is good for us? Yeah. I hope everybody talks about it like that. Exercise is something we get to do. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I wonder, Tara, do you have clients in the gym that talk about exercise in those kind of ways? Yeah. I actually had a conversation today where this guy was putting himself through grueling workouts, like brutal, brutal. And he was like, but now I can't live without it. I started out dreading and now I love it. So I think a lot of people start with the like, I have to do this for whatever reason. And then eventually, like, there's this mindset shift due to endorphins or like a mental shift that just kind of happens where people go, oh, I get to move my body Hmm. instead of I have to because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that makes uh, now that you say that, I think that happened to me because I love grueling workouts. Like, I really love them. But honestly, as I think about it, it probably started off like not in a great way. Yeah, (laughs) it probably honestly, it probably started off when I was like preparing to go to basic training and I'm doing like really hard workouts and it turned into something that I really enjoyed. Yeah. But then I realized like as it kind of progressed, that started to get in the way because I felt like every workout had to be that because I love it. So I'm supposed to do it that way. Yeah. And it feels good. 
But then that would prevent me from working out because I don't want to do a whole freaking thing. I just want to get we'll some talk about that in. in another episode. Oh, I have a whole thing on this. I love it. All these things I'm asking for. You guys are like, we'll talk about it. <laughs> get a whole episode on it. I love it. <laughs> the next one, I suppose, is also a little bit obvious, but very hard for many people to do, which is ditch the scale. Oh, yeah, that was a hard one for me, but my life has been so much better without it. (laughs) I'll tell you, I actually have a scale in my house that I've not used in like five years. And I feel like I should just throw this away. But I also am like, oh, that feels wasteful. So now I'm just stuck with having this scale in my bathroom that never gets used. I have the same thing. The batteries died. Yeah, the batteries don't even work. It's like, why are we keeping this? I also have that in my house. It hasn't been used in forever, but it's there. And I don't know why I don't just throw it away. But there is something there that's like holding me back from Mm -hmm. it. I'm also kind of a minimalist. So the fact that I can't just get rid of this thing is like a weird for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. So why do you think people in general have a hard time getting rid of the scale or even the idea of getting rid of the scale? It's like, well, what is it like? It symbolizes so many things. I'm thinking, well, if I get rid of the scale, that means I'm not paying attention to my weight and I'm I'm giving, giving up. up. And yeah. then what'll happen? Like I'm totally letting myself just gain as much weight as I want if I get rid of this thing. Yeah. And a lot of times people use it as a check-in too, right? Mm-hmm. You have to check in on it each day to kind of make sure I'm on track. Yeah. Whatever that means. I know. A client told me that yesterday, like, oh, I don't use the scale. I just go by how my clothes fit. And without thinking, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, me too, I guess. And then I realized all my clothes are stretchy. (laughs) So it doesn't matter at all for me. But also, to me, it's not that much different. Either way, you're kind of monitoring your body with an external source of feedback. It's totally the same thing. Just one has numbers and one doesn't. I, uh, I'm thinking of something, and I would love your guys' thoughts on this. I'm, at one point, I did new, which mm-hmm. I think we all have opinions about. Yes, um, I'll break it. And <laughs> one of their recommendations was to weigh yourself every day. And the idea behind it, as a therapist, I was like, okay, I can understand why they wanted to be, because of the justification they gave, which is a lot of the times we fear the number on the scale, and the more often we do it, the less scary it'll be. Oh, and so you like get exposure used to therapy. It. Yeah, yeah. You get used to it and you can get used to the numbers fluctuating and you can see that every day is not the same. And even though you gain, does it? I don't worry that theory. at all. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> really and not nice faces right now. I will say in practice, it didn't quite work like that. I think for a little while I was getting used to like stepping on the scale, but still I was making sense of those numbers I was seeing. Yes. And even though I know logically... And probably oh attaching a meaning to you. Yeah, yes. exactly. Like, I have so many clients that the number on the scale like dictates their mood for the entire yeah. day. Yeah. Like if they're up a pound, it's like devastating. If they're down a pound, it's like the best day ever. And I just want every day to be the best day ever. Yeah. Right. And by the way, if someone does feel that way, as if the scale's sort of dictating your mood or how your day goes, you might be a really great candidate for intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know a great coach for that. <laughs> I, think, I think I might know one. <laughs> yeah. I bet her contact info is in the show notes. <laughs> her name's Elizabeth? Elizabeth Harris? Elizabeth Harris, yeah. I feel funny. Her. I think that's so interesting, though, that that's the justification that they used for it, which I guess, in theory, it sounds good. I just think that for the vast majority of people in practice, that's probably not what would happen. I think the number would get in people's heads and have them making judgments about themselves or their bodies or their eating. And I think in my experience, people tend to have a lot of self 
criticism and shame and judgment when the number moves, even if yeah. you expect it to move. And also often attach a meaning to it that isn't really accurate, right? The scale can go up or down a few pounds from one day to the next. And that's not fat gain or loss, but people think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's like really what happened is I did get exposed to the fear of stepping on the scale. Mm-hmm. So my fear of stepping on the scale was reduced. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> but not any of the other things, not my fear of weight gain or weight right. loss and what that number meant. And also, I guess my other argument against it is sort of, but why do you need it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why do so you what? need to know what that number is? To monitor, to check in, like you were saying. Right? You need like, to know your body's relationship with gravity, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> it has every bearing on our day-to-day life. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so my next tip for making your home a diet culture-free safe zone is to reduce focus on appearance in general, right? How much are you focusing on how people look in your house instead of who they are or their personality or their heart or their hobbies, their strengths or their talents, right? Just how much is appearance emphasized in your home? Because that that does connect with diet culture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually thinking now that you say that, I hadn't considered this, but I think as I've gone on this journey and like become more comfortable in my body, I like don't care about makeup half the time. Like Mm. it's pretty rare that I put any on. I'm literally wearing makeup today. I am. It's because I have an improv showcase tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds fun. I I put a little bit of eyeliner and mascara on, but not very much. (laughs) So it's weird because I never thought of myself as someone who would just like be comfortable rolling out of bed, brushing my hair and going like living my life. (laughs) I do live my life like that. But often I feel like, oh, I should have put makeup on. Yeah, you know, sometimes I feel that way. Usually I have an improv showcase. I'm like, dang it. Everyone else looks so, so put together. Yeah. (laughs) But it's interesting that that's been your experience going through the intuitive eating journey is just so much less focus on body than it even even impacted that. Yeah, I haven't actually realized that until you gave this tip. That's awesome. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, the next one is you can turn off advertisements for weight loss, right? When it comes on the TV, turn off the commercial, turn off the radio, just don't buy the magazines, although they're hard to find otherwise, that have sort of weight loss plastered all over the front of them and stick them on your coffee table. That's actually one thing that I think we do really well in my family because we don't have cable. Mm -hmm. You know, like we don't listen to like the radio. We've cut the cord with like everything. So we're like, oh, Netflix. There's no commercials, so we're not at all bombarded with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I notice on, like, social media, I'll do that. Like, if I see an ad, oh, it's a bit, oh, you yeah, can that's great change idea. your ad preferences, and it's definitely nicer. Yeah. Irrelevant. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Also, just avoiding talk, uh, watching kind of like dinner table holiday talk, conversations that are happening about diets, dieting, those food shaming type of conversations, body shaming type of conversations, setting boundaries around them with either people that come over or your own family. You can change the subject. You can excuse yourself from the conversation. A lot of times people ask me, they don't really know how to handle that, right? I don't know how to handle it when people start. I'm on the intuitive eating journey or I'm really trying to quiet diet culture and I don't know how to handle it when people start talking about it. And I always, there's lots of ways we could probably do a whole episode on that too, frankly. But just one really simple thing is you can say, if it's for your own self, I'm working on healing my relationship with food and my body. I'm trying super hard not to talk about diets. Can we just talk about something else? And if it's for your kids, like say 
you know, you have grandparents or aunts and uncles who come over and tend to talk about that at, you know, your dinner table holidays. You can say, hey, it's really important to me to kind of help my kids grow up and be a little bit or help them have a happy, healthy relationship with food in their body. So we try not to talk about those things here. Can you help me out? Yeah, it's hard, especially with like the words healthy and unhealthy. Like I'm thinking mm-hmm. about people who like they're so well-meaning and like I could even hear that message being received really well by them and then thinking like, yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. And still say encouraging healthy food. Yeah. Like, and like they're so blind so ingrained. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So it's back to what we were saying at the beginning. Yeah. And that's when, you know, a simple, oh, but also can be part of a healthy diet or just, yeah. just something really simple like that. I like a little response. snark in there usually. Yeah, I can see you doing that. I'm just well-fueled. <laughs> I'm sure you think it's snarkier than that, Tara. I was crazy for something good. I try not to like burn the bridge down completely, but it's not anybody's business what you're eating. Exactly. Look at my plate. Look at your plate. My plate, my business. Your plate, your business. Or we keep our eyes on our own plates. Good one to tell your kids, right? Totally. (laughs) Or potentially your partner. (laughs) Depending. Okay. And then the last one is just flipping it around a little bit, but more having unconditional love, positive regard, and respect for people in all size bodies, including your own. Mm-hmm. And the way that, love that. The way that you talk about it in, in your house. Yeah. I think that including your own can be the hardest sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, for well, sure. All bodies are okay, except mine. Yeah. 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 It's such a common thing for people to say, too. Right? Super common. I don't really think this about other people, but mm-hmm. for myself, I think, you know, yeah. It's like, okay, so those are our ways to keep your house in a diet culture free safe zone. What's your favorite one, Tara? Oh, there's so many good ones. I really like the keep your eyes on your own plate thing. Like yeah. how to, you know, just don't worry about what other people are doing and being kind of positive about it all. Yeah. Well, this might be the recency bias, but I love that unconditional positive regard for all bodies. Yes. I like that too. Yeah. I liked all of them. They're all great. <laughs> Do we have to choose one? No, I don't. I'm just curious what you would say. How about yours? Oh, geez. I'm going to go with the last one, too, because my wish is for everyone to have unconditional positive regard and love for their own selves and their own bodies. Yeah, we can end on that note. I'm good with that. That is my wish for everyone. Yeah. I truly believe the world would be like a happier place. Right? If that were the case. Agreed. Yeah. Diet culture couldn't exist with it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Love it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you found this helpful, please take a moment and leave us a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to learn more about Mora, you can find her at her website, moratani.com. If you want to connect with me, find me on Instagram at Tara Deleon Fitness. To connect with Elizabeth, visit her at www.elizabetharrisnutrition.com. And while you're there, follow the link to join her health and healing with intuitive eating community on Facebook. 